0: You know, it goes beyond just that act of, of, of giving food, but also um, service, you know?
1: By going to exploreucity.com, you can see the list of restaurants that are participating, and they have a special meal to donate to frontline workers. You can purchase that meal, and we send them to a local area hospital to uh, uh, support our front- frontline workers.
0: All all small businesses rooted in community, and it and it benefits from the community, obviously. But hopefully, it also um, contributes back
2: to the community. I'm Jonathan All. This is St. Louis on the air. On today's show, we talked with two restaurant owners who are doing extraordinary things in difficult times. The pandemic has been especially hard on restaurants as they've been pivoting from business as usual to carry out only, then some back to limited dining, outdoor seating, then back to carry out only, trying to keep customers happy and coming back, as and as many employees as possible still on the payroll. Despite those challenges, some owners are trying to help those in need. Here to talk about it are Joe Jovanovich, who's the owner, along with his mom, Teresa Connolly, of the Pat Connolly Tavern and Mohammed Kadadi, uh, founder of American Falafel. Joe and Mohammed, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Thank you, Jonathan. And uh, so let's start with with why a little bit about what you're doing and what this program is about and how you hope it'll help your community. Joe, we can start with you.
0: Sure. Thanks. Um, Appreciate the opportunity to get to talk about our efforts to um, give back, as you mentioned, while we're also um, struggling through uh, keeping the doors open. So um, the Pat Connolly Tavern has um, launched a program we're calling Nourish the Neighborhood. And it's an effort where customers can add a meal to their order. This is a pay-it-forward meal that we will then... um, Deliver to community agencies who are serving families in need, um, but of course, it also serves as a win-win because as that um, revenue comes in to help us create these meals, we're going to donate. It's also you know keeping our doors open and helping us keep staff on payroll to um, produce these meals and keep the gears turning, which you know as you mentioned is has been a struggle these past, geez, (laughs) nine months now, but you know, looks like it's going to keep being a struggle for at least several months longer. So we really thought about what are we going to do to innovate and try to come up with something that can keep us um, able to support our employees, but also support others um, during this um, holiday and winter season.
2: Mohammed, was it difficult to uh, try to find a way to to do two extraordinary things? I mean, just staying open is hard enough, but also to figure out a way to help other people.
1: Well, thank you, Jonathan, and uh, a great American falafel to you. Uh, morning to you and to the uh, San Luis Obispo listeners. Uh, it was a bit, but I think you know just the nature of American falafel and the restaurants in the loop. Uh, we are a community based uh, that helps each other. And uh, if everybody grows together, everybody benefits. So when the announcement happened that the shutdown is going to uh, occur, within 48 hours, uh, we banded together. And we have now up to 20 restaurants in the Loop participating in the Loop Gives Back program. So every Tuesday, every uh, Sunday or Wednesday, we basically collect donations and provide them to frontline workers in hospitals across uh, St. Louis. And the program is growing, and more restaurants are joining the effort, and more people are donating, which is fantastic. You know, it's helping our restaurants, and it's helping the community, and everybody's engaging in it. Fantastic.
2: I would like to ask our listeners uh, if they'd like to chime in. Is there a local restaurant doing big things in your community right now? You can give us a call at three one four three eight two eight two five five. That's three eight two talk. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air, or email us at talk at STL publicradio.org. Muhammad you're a relative newcomer to the, the restaurant industry. Uh, can you tell us how you brought, ended up bringing American falafel to the Del Mar Loop, and, and how did the idea come about?
1: Thank you. So again, I'm, I've been traveling back and forth between Dubai and St. Louis for the past eight or nine years, and I've really reconnected with the cuisine, the Mediterranean cuisine uh, in Dubai. And I wanted to have some of it in St. Louis, uh, selfishly for me, and I wanted to have the authentic uh, taste. But I couldn't never uh, bring it on my own until I met Chef a few years ago, and we decided to uh, work on the concept for American falafel as a fast-casual Mediterranean, fresh, uh, and tasty food restaurant. And we ended up bringing the machinery from Jordan. So all our food is you know heavily influenced with a Jordanian flavor, um, and it's uh, We opened in June, uh, believe it or not, which is kind of, uh, people may say I'm crazy. I might be a little bit, but when you taste the food, you think I'm a little bit less crazy. So it's been fantastic (laughs) so far.
2: Joe, you're also someone that had a totally different career before jumping uh, in full time to run the Pat Connolly Tavern uh, with your mom. Um, what, What did you do before making that switch, and how did that inform how you approach the restaurant industry?
0: Yeah. Talk about people who are crazy. I'm right there with Muhammad. Um, the, uh, (laughs) my background prior to, um, getting back into the family business was in uh, social work and nonprofit management and, um, had been working in, um, community agencies, primarily working with young people and youth programs, um, for about 10 years after I got out of college. I grew up here in St. Louis and, um, yeah we uh, <laughs> sometimes when uh, you know opportunity or obligations come knocking, you um, you, you pivot and uh, we, you know at that time when we got back involved um, with the bar um, about six years ago, definitely was excited to look at how, we could um, really think about rooting a business in the community and try to make that a, you know, a prism we viewed a lot of our decisions through was how do we structure a restaurant? Of course, it has to make money and be profitable to keep the lights on and keep people employed, but also looks at really rooting ourselves in in a neighborhood and in a broader, you know, regional community and you know, we've we've tried a few things over the years, but certainly never been faced with a, the what are the either a need or an opportunity quite like this, to um to double down on a concept that um you know certainly tries to, um, it, you know I'll be honest it's not just about um, giving back that's crucial but also to try to innovate a concept that can help us stay open too right I mean. That is a give and take. That is an important part, I think, of all small businesses. All all small businesses rooted in community, and it and it benefits from the community, obviously. But hopefully, it also um, contributes back to the community. And if you if you strike that right balance, um, then everyone wins. But um, you know, certainly now, um, there's so much challenge in the community that many are not winning. Many are many are suffering and struggling. And um, you know, I think we're all just trying to come up with the ways that we can hopefully get through this with benefiting as as many people as possible in the process.
2: Joe, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, one of the things that we often hear um, from those who their full-time gig is trying to help people who are hungry, they say, you know, cash donations to a food bank can leverage way more food for people who are hungry than almost any other thing you can do. And while that may be true, I guess you're trying to make the point that this program will do some good for people who are in need, but also do something good for your business, which is in need during a pandemic. Is that a good way to characterize that?
0: Yeah, I would say so. And I certainly would um definitely not only I wouldn't discourage, but I would certainly encourage um folks you know who are listening and anyone interested in in contributing to um, you know our our local um, ecosystem of community organizations to definitely <laughs> um, donate to those types of organizations that do um, address food insecurity and provide that safety net. Um, This effort is by no means meant to um, compete with that. But um, yes, it helps um, businesses um, stay open, which businesses staying open, of course, hopefully folks view, whether it's restaurants or other retailers or other service providers, they view business beyond just the direct service it provides, whether it's food or anything else, but also how it helps that neighborhood come together, you know, that sense of community. And that's something I think one of the great things about the St. Louis um, restaurant community in particular is how much it creates that sense of place that we feel special about here in St. Louis. And likewise, um, you know, keeping people employed. I mean, um, We the ironically, it's all connected, right? I mean, in agencies that are doing such hard work to serve those who are in need. Well, um, if folks have employment, that certainly helps go a long way to um, provide them the economic opportunity to um, not um, experience so many needs and instabilities in their life. And you know, we're all connected in that regard. And I think um, you know um, we are hoping that this effort. Um, helps some people, but frankly, it's a it'll be a, a tip of the iceberg of of the broader need that's out there among people who are fe- experiencing food insecurity. But more to just add another voice in the chorus of saying, we as a broader community need to be um, thinking about and talking about how do we help support um, those in our neighborhoods who um, you know now more than ever um, need um, help and, and and need us to be um, talking about. Um, you know, coming together to find ways to
2: support them. Lucas on Twitter writes, in addition to solid take-and-bake and and homemade canned good options, Gooseberries in Dutchtown has been handing out free groceries, no questions asked, every single Saturday since the spring. Uh, Rich on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook group writes, Thai Pavilion in Lime has is giving a free meal to anyone in need. Um, Let's get into how some of these different efforts work. Now, Mohammed, I understand you have two different efforts underway?
1: Yes, absolutely. So we have the Loop Gives Back to Frontline Workers program, where 20 restaurants are participating. By going to exploreucity.com, you can see the list of restaurants that are participating, and you can simply go to any of those restaurants' menus And they have a special meal to donate to frontline workers. You can purchase that meal. And every Sunday and Wednesday, we collect them. And we send them to a local area hospital to uh, uh, support our frontline workers. The second uh, program is uh, specific to American Falafel and a partnership with a local NGO called uh, Welcome Neighbor, stl.org. where we uh, are providing a substantial five-course meal for christmas uh, that will go to someone in need and people can go on welcomeneighborstl.org to purchase that meal for themselves and donate a meal to someone in need and i promise you it is a five-star meal that will go to make someone's holiday a very very special holiday uh, we're, our goal is to raise about 500 meals uh, this month to distribute around uh, uh, the holidays, around a few days before Christmas. So both programs can be found on either exploreyourcity.com or welcomeneighborstl.org. And
2: at, at the risk of getting a little too philosophical, um, I'm wondering if there's something about the restaurant industry that makes charitable Events more innate to that because you know we feeding people. It's a community thing. It's about getting people together. It's about satisfying a very basic human need, but at an elevated level. Um, I'm wondering from both of you, especially because you have histories in other industries and areas. Do you think that there is a stronger connection between this kind of thing and the food industry than maybe some other? industries in in our area?
1: So I might take a stab at that if Joe allows me. Um, I would say yes, definitely. So when I started, when I, said, uh, I started American Falafel, I really started it for selfish reasons. I wanted that food for myself. But from week one, when we started, um, I saw the community engagement and American Falafel became two parts. One is the excellent food that we provide and very very importantly, the experience that you have at American Falafel and how we engage with the community in um, um For example, there is a lady that forgot her uh, wallet a few uh, weeks ago. She was a dentist, and she ordered a substantial meal. But we said, you know, don't worry, take the food, you know, come back later to to pay your bill. And she was in you know disbelief, and she you know. Uh, uh, came back and left a large tip for the the workers there. So she was very happy and we engaged with her that way. Another is when people actually call us mid-meal to thank us for the food and thank us for the hospitality that uh, they've experienced there. So actually making somebody happy or delighting the community is our goal and it's not just about food. So it, it completely transformed my selfish ways of getting the food for myself is to actually to... Be engaged within the community, and what better way to engage even more? Uh, you know, by you know, you know, you know, kind of getting all the restaurants to participate in a donation program, and having our own donation program as well.
2: Joe, would you like to take a stab at that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would, I would certainly agree with everything Muhammad just said, and that um, when we think about the uh, the connection that uh, a restaurant and providing food um, how that connects to serving people. Um, you know, that act of you just mentioned basic human needs, um, goes a long way. And I think another basic human need is, um, you know, human connection and that sense of, you know, connecting with other people. And I think that's been such a challenging situation with this pandemic is that it's, you know, not only that much harder to get customers to buy the food to take and eat, but also, you know, our whole reason to be is, um, to, to gather people together in our space and, um, have them make those connections with their friends and family. Um, and that's been hard. It's emotionally challenging, um, not only economically challenging. And I think, um, you know, it goes beyond just that act of, of, of giving food, but also um, service. You know, there's, they we're, we call it the service industry for a reason. We, we You know, we call the folks who bring you your food servers for a reason, I think. And it goes beyond just that simple transactional motion of handing you a plate of food, but especially if, if it's a restaurant that I think is doing it well, that, that server is, you know, serving you that sense of connection um, and that sense of feeling like a part of something, and that's hopefully why you want to keep coming back. And um, I do think that, again, is another reason why I think St. Louis is gaining more and more prominence as a, as a restaurant community is because more and more of these places are creating that environment that um, help people feel rooted in their broader community. Um, and just on that note you know, I have to mention, certainly, um, I, you know, oh, you're seeing these great ideas pop up from so many restaurants and, you know, we're all learning from and benefiting from each other. And I think that's another great thing about our, um, local restaurant community. And certainly I, you know, as for what we're doing here with, um, our program, I didn't come up with this idea on my own. It's all other restaurants doing amazing things. Um, over this last year, um, been impressed by the work that, um, Steve's hot dogs has been doing, um, among others. And it's like, well, um, if they can innovate and do these great things, more of us should. The more places that are doing things like this, the better. Is I, I think that's the main message I'd like to drive. It's not a competition. There's not a limit to how many <laughs> businesses can find ways to to get involved in efforts like this. I think the more of us doing these things um, is inspiring and will, frankly, just help that many more people.
2: Now, Joe, I know you've been frustrated by the lack of a coordinated response from um, small, for small businesses at the federal and state level. Is that something that you think is going to get worse, or do <laughs> you think it's something that might get better?
0: Well, yeah, I was just chatting with a fellow um, restaurant owner on the phone a, a little bit ago, and we were just, you know, it, it was a broken record sort of um, um seesaw of hopes that, you know, back in, June. It was just well. If we just hold on till July, if we just hold on to August, you know, more more relief is coming. More coordination is coming. And that relief, I think, is really two main things. We have to come together and find ways we can stop the spread of the virus and limit the pandemic. That's the key thing. That's you know, um, slowing our ability down to function as businesses. Um, And then that. Uh, also, what is what are economic supports that can help businesses, you know, stay open and operate in the meantime and be ready financially to to jump back and you know jumping back is hard, <laughs> even for a small restaurant like ours. But you imagine some larger operations. How many tens of thousands of dollars are involved in hiring back staff, um, uh, purchasing new inventory, scaling up is difficult the first time. Let alone if you've been knocked on your back not once but now twice. Um, mm-hmm. I think. Um, you know, we weep what we sow in that regard. And then if we don't find ways, um, both nationally and, and locally to to come together and um, provide some common sense solutions to help businesses survive and bounce back, then we shouldn't be surprised when some of these places we adore and have depended on aren't here for us when um, the vaccine comes and hopefully things get back to normal um, starting in the spring. So mm-hmm. I, I think think it's frustrated It's certainly a a word I would use sure, to describe how I feel, sure. and um, I, I don't have a crystal ball. I certainly hope Congress takes action in the next few weeks on um, what I view would view as a kickstart to um, well, to a hopefully a lot more coming next year to really help businesses um, not only survive but ready to pivot to make 2021 a, a comeback year we're all
2: gonna need. Mohammed, and we have about a minute left, but I'm wondering if you can comment. You're going into your first winter as a restaurant owner. Are you concerned that bad weather, cold conditions will make all of what you do even harder?
1: Absolutely, I mean, we already are experienced with this recent wave of you know colder weather, uh, especially as a new restaurant, where we, we don't have the name recognition. Um, so our biggest challenge is how many uh, people can just, you know, um, hear about American falafel. Um, so it's going to be a tough winter, especially for a new restaurant like us, who, where we did not really qualify for any government support because we're new and we didn't have 2019 or history that we can show. Uh, so we're strictly having to do uh, and survive on our own. And it's going to be a tough winter. Hopefully, I'm, I'm, like Joe said, I'm hopeful for the spring. Um, the vaccine is uh, coming. Uh, I heard actually one of my doctor friends that said uh, next week it will start landing in St. Louis. So that's actually good news. And hopefully by spring we'll be in uh, somewhat better shape. I'm, I'm very hopeful.
2: I think all of us would agree that um, having a nice big meal with family and friends at a restaurant safely is something that we all want as soon as possible. Thank you very much to Joe Jovanovic, owner with his mom Teresa Connolly of the Pat Connolly Tavern and Mohammed Kadade, founder of American Falafel for joining us today. Very Very great to talk to both of you. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for the opportunity. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you.